You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. And as I'm sure you have been reminded about 500 times now, it is NFL Draft Week. We uh, will be finally, finally, finally getting. Yeah, into the NFL draft this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I will say, uh, thankfully, uh, because I'm really getting tired of a lot of the stuff that is being said in the media right now about everybody trying to come up with some stuff. But we're finally going to get that over with. We're finally going to get these landing spots, and then we can move on and start evaluating this rookie class. How does this affect you know the players that they're going in with? How does it affect their values? It's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, we had uh, the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Friday, so we will be recapping that today. And Matt and myself will be talking about some potential draft impacts if players go to certain teams as we're getting ready for Thursday to kick off. Before we get to that, though, Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm I'm so excited slash anticipating the draft so much that I took next week off. No, that's a coincidence, but <laughs> but I am glad I have next week off after because I'm sure you know I, I've been trying to break it to my wife uh, how long the draft actually is. She thinks about like the opening night and she's very excited about it because she likes the pageantry. And I told her she could order pizza from her favorite pizza place. Right. I don't know how many meals I have to order on Friday and Saturday to keep yeah. that enthusiasm going. 
It's, you know, I know I've said this before on many a podcast and I'll continue to say it. It's one of the things that I love the fact I, there's a lot of things that I don't like, but the one thing I do like about my wife working an opposite schedule of me is she's not going to be home until Saturday. And so that's the point when I have to figure out a way to weave in finding time to watch that. But she's working all Thursday night, all Friday night. So she's going to be, I would love to say just me sitting on my couch, comfortably eating bad food and watching the draft, but that's not going to happen. We will at the Camps to Canton website where I am currently writing and a co-founder of Will Be Live all day Thursday and all day Friday. Um, So if you guys do want to come by for instant reaction, we'll have a bunch of those guys. I know Matt's going to try and drop by at least at Thursday for a little bit. We've got, uh, you know, Thursday will mostly be just the, the guys at the site. Uh, and then Friday, however, we have got a ton of guests. I will tweet it out again, but we've got former players coming on, um, a former pro bowler, a guy who just left the league a couple of years ago. We've got offensive linemen coming on and Cam Bradfield, Brandon Carr, and Lewis Sharp. We've got Matt Waldman, the, the very famous Yahoo analyst, coming on with us, Sam Holt, uh, Kevin Kevin Coleman at the boys on Twitter, Brandon. Hey, I mean, we've got a ton of other guests lined up too. I can't even remember all of them, but we're trying to fit all these guys. Well, I thought into like five hours and then Matt reminded me that Friday and I was like eight hours. So I'm going to be spent. I'll look it up. I know Friday is, I was looking um, and it's going all throughout primetime on ABC both days. So I was like, Oh, I bet you it starts at like two in the afternoon and goes till. See, I thought it started later than that. I because it's what the second and the third round, right? Is all that's on Friday? Is it just that, or is it second? I think it's just the second. I think it's just the second and the third now, and they do the rest of it four through seven on Saturday. Because I remember last year, because we did it obviously for the roundtable. You, me, and Dennis, we did what like an hour, hour and a half, or something like that Friday uh, last year. And I'm pretty sure it was only those two because we had Kane and somebody else on for a little bit last year. Uh, But we, uh, I guess, almost positive. So you must be good. I'm looking at it. It says 8 p.m. Eastern is when uh, round one kicks off. Rounds two and three begin 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, So it it is just all at night, and then rounds four through seven begin at noon on Eastern on Saturday. That's fine because we're not going to be live Saturday, so I don't care. I'm going to be getting. We're we're talking about possibly doing a draft. So if you guys are listening to this, maybe we're talking about jumping on as the draft ends and doing like an immediate reaction draft, rookie draft. How you guys because a lot of people's kick off Monday, so that's probably what Matt and myself will be talking about next Monday. Is yeah. you know instant reactions, doing our own little rookie draft. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I, we haven't for sure nailed that down, so I don't want to say that is what we are doing. So let's jump in and talk about the draft impacts. All of the news lately has been about the quarterbacks. We are, I would say, 100%. I still feel like Zach Wilson may not go to, but there's like no shot Trevor Lawrence is not going one. And we all believe Zach Wilson is going to. Everyone thought Chadwick Boseman was going to be best actor last night. They even rearranged the Academy Awards, so that was the last award. Uh And then it didn't happen. So... Who won? Who was it? A Daniel uh... Anthony Hopkins, who wasn't even there. So it was like, and Anthony Hopkins, we accept on his behalf. Good night. Thank you for joining us. And then they cut the telecast. And I was like, wow. Oh my God. If this is the prelude to the draft, I'm ready. Yeah, that's uh, that's not great. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. But we don't, I, I'll say, I still have a little bit of doubt that, that Wilson will go to, but that may just be, again, I'll admit my Justin Fields bias. Uh, and then, really, where we're here, we heard news today that it seems like 
the reports that have always been is that it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And I know, Matt, you disagree with that a little bit. So tell me why. Look, honestly, my team spends three years worth of first round picks like like they're Kevin Costner in draft day <laughs> to take Trey Lance. I might let's set the building on fire. Well, I know that there is a petition going around to, uh, I believe the it's called but, stop uh, Kyle Shanahan from drafting Mac Jones. So 49 well, fans are not having it. I don't think they had to move up there. That's they did. I guess not that's to, where the first, I not don't to get one of so. those two guys. Lance, and, I do think they needed to, maybe not to three, but I do think they needed to move up. He, he's, I know he's lower for you, but there are a lot of people who are very high on Lance. Again, it, it, it all comes down to, you know, we all believe he needs a year huh. or so, but he's got the intangibles. I do believe Mac Jones. I don't know if they would have been able to get him at their pick because they were picking 13th, right? 12th. 12th. So I don't know where the he, Eagles are now. I don't know if he would have fallen to 12, but I don't think they would have had to jump to say three to get him. Like, I think they could have jumped um, to like eight or 10, nine. Could you somewhere have done a range? different kind of deal to jump to seven? Yeah. Like Detroit has made it very well known. They're willing to drop back. Carolina. The, the Eagles at six were definitely yeah. willing to drop back. I, I mean, we almost immediately when they did that, thought they went up because they wanted Justin Fields. Yeah. Man, yeah. That's and I, I, I still think, you know, our friend, uh, our fellow Ohio state fan friend, um, Wispy posted today. This is the exact kind of misinformation campaign I would put out if I wanted to take Justin Fields. Because you have to remember, too, the Jets, I think the Jets like Wilson, but Robert Sala and and a lot of that team also worked with Shanahan in San Francisco. And if you saw them, it was jarring to everyone that they gave up three years worth of first-round picks. So people are very interested. What did you see that you want to go get? Yeah. And if you had to pick before them, you might think twice. The only re- – well, so I, I could understand that narrative, right? Like them pretty much saying, oh, hey, just in case, we, we don't want the Jets to rethink their pick and, and go fields all of a sudden. That's who we're going up to get. But I also think – and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this – you also have to have had a backup plan in mind, making mm-hmm. that move. Like, okay, there's got to be at least two quarterbacks we like here because we know they we're not okay getting Trevor with. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, so you have there has to be two guys. And the only reason I'm worried that some of this may be true about them not wanting fields, and I do agree that that narrative, especially when you framed it that way, makes a little bit more sense, is the fact that what we just talked about in if – What's been pressing to me too is there's been a lot of discussion that since Shanahan and Lynch have been there, no one has ever correctly guessed who they were yes, going to take yeah, in the first round. And since times. everyone is a hundred percent on they're taking Mac Jones or maybe Trey Trey Lance, that sort of makes me feel like that that lends itself to they are great at giving out the information they want to give out. 
So that part I do agree with y'all because I've brought that up many times. I don't remember who tweeted that out a while back when I believe Schefter came out and was like 100% they're taking Mac Jones. And then someone from San Francisco, a San Francisco beat reporter tweeted out, it's like, we've since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been here, nobody has ever gotten their pick right because they give you misinformation all the time. And then Schefter kind of like walked that back a couple days later a little bit. So my, my biggest fear with that is the point I was making, I know we were talking a little bit before the show was, you don't have to worry about anybody jumping you to get fields. So then the only thing you really have to worry about then, I guess, is the Jets changing their mind, which I don't think they would do. But it just, to me, I'm like, oh, it's just, it doesn't. Or maybe they really don't know, and they're going to settle at draft night when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch play rock, paper, scissors, Leonard Spock, and decide which quarterback they're going to take. Yeah, I don't. uh, Or they're taking Kyle Pitts, and this entire thing has been like, that would be even worse. I mean, I'm excited for it. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm going to do my best to, since we're doing it live, I'm probably not going to have my phone because Twitter always gives you the updates before it goes live. And I believe we're all going to be watching the same simulcast. So it'll be one of those things where I'm like going to have to avoid the comments because people love to comment in there who went and then avoid my phone and if they don't take fields, it's just it's things are going to get very, very interesting. But hey, if you guys want to see, this could be grown, an exciting first round. If if you guys want to see grown men cry live on air, if the Falcons pass on fields as well, Colin will be crying. If the Steelers end up taking Najee Harris with their first pick, or Javante, or Etienne, Austin will cry. And so you know, it, it'll be an emotional, it'll be an emotional live live show for everybody. Well, we don't even know what's going to happen to Denver, and that's where I'm booked in to come. You know, hey. But hey, share, you, my, share you, my thoughts with you and, you then and share John, my thoughts with Ricky. You and John could be very happy because if this fall that everybody keeps talking about for Justin Fields happens and they move up and take him, like I, I would be again, I'd be, I'd become a Broncos fan at that point. I mean, if you thought they were going to handle it correctly, I, I don't know. He's, then you have they can't, some, they can't break him. They can't do it. He's too much talent around him. Even even if they well, I mean, you've even said their offensive lines improved some. So, but he's a guy who can make plays no, they're, outside they're of that. Better. So, I think Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. I mean, Melvin Gordon. You know, he there's is what he is. so many of the younger offensive players that have come out and dogmatically said they believe in Drew Locke, and if Denver did anything to go away from that, that would disrupt the locker room that it gives me pause. Fair enough. I'm not, you know, five years ago, I thought they were a pretty well-oiled organization, but lately, and part of me doesn't entirely believe in the coaching staff, but I, right. you know, since he's on our list, that would be a good, so Denver potentially, yeah. and Drew yeah. Locke is one of those quarterbacks. I, you know, I've talked about, I, I don't, want to see Denver give up three years worth of ones to go up there and get somebody at this point. I don't know how great of a gamble that is. Mm-hmm. I do like Justin Fields. I think he could be good. I'm not entirely convinced Drew Locke isn't great. I don't know who starts in 2021 yeah. or what the team chemistry exactly is if they take one of those guys because it seems like Whereas I think San Francisco has a plan and that they're just being coy. I actually don't think Denver has a plan. 
And that's probably the bigger concern. So if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, there's also a lot of talk that they're working on getting a trade for Teddy Bridgewater. That's going to happen some point during the draft. I think if they don't take a quarterback in the draft, Drew Locke for me is still kind of a low-end quarterback too. He's got to prove something. If they do take a quarterback, I I almost think you're playing a little bit of roulette until you go into camp. Especially, let's say Fields goes to the 49ers. If they take a Trey Lance, you know, a lot of people have talked about Trey Lance being a guy that needs, that might benefit from sitting for a couple of years. Yeah. Who guarantees he starts right away? I don't know. How would you feel fantasy-wise? I mean, I'm not – I feel like I've probably been right there with you on not giving up on Drew Locke just yet. Uh, I just – I think that he hasn't really had a chance to prove himself, right? Like, he's been injured, and then when he was healthy, like, their entire offense was injured. He had nobody out there with them. You know, he's made some really great throws, and then I'm, you know, I'm sure even more so for you being a Broncos fan, but just the stuff he's been very frustrating at times, which is kind of what we got from him in college as well. And I agree with you. I, I do like Shermer being there. I believe in Shermer. I think he's a, a good offensive coach. I don't know if he's a great head coach, but I think he's a good offensive coach. What he was able to do there with New York for a couple of years, and uh, where was he before? Was it Vikings? Was yeah, it Vikings? Vikings. So he was with Cleveland at one point. Yeah, he was their head coach. Hey, we were just talking Eagles. about you possibly crying on air when the uh, Steelers take Najee Harris in the first round there, Austin. Uh, so, Which, by the way, I have Harris going at 24. I know what you've argued, but when I did my mock for the Huddle Report competition, I, I just did it. Oh, shoot. I need to get you mine. I completely forgot. Do I have to today to get it to you? Yeah. Okay, I will get it done as soon as we get done. I forgot so all like about that. We're doing that. these important things. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, we're doing it live. Uh, I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't think they should give up on Locke yet unless, in my opinion, Justin Fields falls to them because I think he – again, I know people are going to say it's biased. He is like – you can't ever say can't this prospect, but I think he's as close to that as, as possible. I think if Mac Jones falls or Trey Lance, I don't think that they would pivot and go because my biggest fear, and again, I know you talked about you don't necessarily believe in what the front office has done at times. My biggest fear would be in taking a guy like Trey Lance is – you know he's not going to start this year. Well, what if Drew Locke goes out there and lights it up? And all of a sudden, like, he takes Denver to a playoff spot, and then you're like, wow! You're almost looking at, like, an Aaron Rodgers-Jordan Love Jordan thing, Love. right? Where it's like, yeah. wow, what are we going to do with this guy? So I think if Fields falls, I do think he would be a great fit in that offense, just with all the weapons he has around him and the player I think he can be. And, and I think he immediately makes them a competitor with Kansas City, and I would sign up not even being a Broncos fan as twice a year fields versus Mahomes. I think it would be so much fun to watch, but outside of him, yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't change it. And you know, I don't think Locke being there changes much. Cortland Sutton's a stud. I really think Jerry Judy could take a step forward this year. You know, Noah Fant, as long as he's healthy, I think is going to be good. The biggest question mark for me is going to be what is Melvin Gordon this year? And, you know, he looked good last year at times. They lose Philip Lindsay. I was talking to Damian Parsons a little bit, who's with the Crocker report, that I think if they can get like a Michael Carter or a Khalil Herbert, mm-hmm. who are really good pass catching backs, I think that could really help out Melvin Gordon. Those are two guys that could probably get later in the draft, too, rounds three through five, six. So, yeah, and that I don't believe the Mike 
Boone signing was to benefit the backfield. Some people have talked about, well, he must be poised to take. No, they, he, they've talked about it. Denver talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. He's an incredible special teams player. So they have Royce Freeman is on the last year of his rookie deal. I feel like he's a little too similar to Melvin Gordon, which makes him a good Melvin Gordon like handcuff or replacement or backup. I do expect Denver's going to take some kind of running back there because this is the last year under contract for both Melvin Gordon and Royce Freeman. I don't think there's any guarantees they bring either of them back. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver takes a running back in the second or third round mm-hmm. and and really tries to to prepare. I mean, that we saw that happen a few times uh, over the years where they've taken a second or third round back while they still had some kind of a veteran. The last time was when they took um, Lindsey and Freeman. They still had C.J. Anderson in there. They ended up letting him go. Is there a running back you'd like to see them take? Like, let's assume by their pick, Najee, Javante, and Etienne are off the board. And if you're talking about second, third round, is there a specific running back you'd like to see them take? No. I mean, I was so excited on Rod Draft Day. I thought Royce Freeman was a good pick. Yeah, well, I, I was right there with you. I, 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 I thought I Royce took him Freeman in every rookie draft. Too. All I know is whatever back they take is going to end up on a lot of my benches. Yeah. Uh, so two other places we think could be impacted if they move up to take a quarterback. Next one is Washington. We love the move they made to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick as a veteran. We think that team is, in all honesty, ready-made for the playoffs. They just need a quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over. I know it's crazy you putting not turn the ball over Ryan Fitzpatrick in the same sentence, but he's actually been getting better with that with age and not really turning the ball over. What quarterback would you be more interested in seeing going there that you think could help out those pieces? You know, even if it's a, you know, Mac Jones, who maybe could compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick now, is the better fit Trey Lance, who can sit for a year behind a Fitzpatrick and then take over? What what are your thoughts and how far do you think they would move up to try and grab one of those guys? So in the final mock I did, I had them going up to seven and taking Lance. And I think that makes the most sense because Fitzpatrick will be fine for this year and your Washington's a playoff team, but I think they have to look long-term. He's Fitzpatrick is great for this year, but he was contemplating whether or not he was going to retire this off season. He's not getting, you know, any younger quarterbacks get beat up a lot. I, I liked what we saw from Taylor Heineke. I think they did too, but I don't think anyone's set that he's, the guy, so I think they want some options to build behind. Yeah, I, I would love if they moved up and got Trey Lance. And, and, I mean, obviously, unless he goes to San Francisco at three, I think him and that's where the draft's going to become interesting, especially if, say, they do take a Mac Jones at three. We're talking about you could see a, a fall for, for Lance and Fields. And if, say, someone moves up to seven and takes one – how far does I'm the sorry. other one fall? I had him going up to eight. I'm sorry. I forgot which eight, okay. Carolina trading with Carolina, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, which they've been very open about how they want to move back as well, which might mm-hmm. be a good place for the Patriots to move up because they're another one who right now Cam Newton comes back again on a one-year deal. They have Jarrett Stidham, although they seem pretty uh, – pretty honest about the fact that they didn't really want Jared Stidham to be much of anything there last year, even with Cam Newton struggling. I think Cam Newton was just more of a 
signing in hopes they could get somebody else, but if not, they can fall back on him. I still don't think Cam Newton's going to be that bad this year. And I've talked about signed a week, I believe, before most of that stuff started. Didn't really get a chance to learn that offense. Had COVID. You know, I think Cam Newton's going to be better than what he was last year. I'm not expecting him to go back to that MVP year, uh, but I think he could be a serviceable quarterback for that team. Who do you think is the best fit for them? Who would boost the weapons around them, which I think is fair to say is really just the tight ends. Uh, who who do you think would boost them the most if they could You're trade not a up? Nelson and, Aguilar truther. You know, not really. Um, I in my mock that I just did, I have them going up to ten, uh, swapping with the Cowboys and taking Mac Jones. So you have Fields locked into the 49ers. I today. Yeah. It could change my. It could change later tonight. Yeah. Final answer. I, I, I still just. I think he goes there. I. I feel like that, and uh, yeah. that would probably be the best for you know when you're looking at rookie fantasy drafts. I think that would easily make him more appealing than Wilson. I think it'd make him more appealing than Lawrence too. If I'm being honest, I mean I've always I've I've had Fields right there, but if you're talking about, I honestly think if you the put biggest in- Fields doesn't start the whole season that he ends up kind of on what we thought was going to be the Herbert well, trajectory last year that I don't know. Jimmy G starts the season. Kyle Shanahan's out here talking about like murdering uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Apparently, do you not hear this? No. Oh, he gave an interview today. Someone asked him, will Jimmy G be on the roster by Sunday? And he's like, I don't know. He may not be alive by Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. Shit got dark real quick in here. I'm not joking. He, he, was probably, said that. he was probably trying to make a joke. I'm sure he was, but I heard that he said it like yeah. very seriously and got it went very dark. So he doesn't like have a rye. No, so yeah, no, some, yeah, you know, he he's got one intonation. He probably sometimes I think he disdains the questions too. Oh, I'm so sure he, he does. He's, he's kind smarter of than Belichick of screw you answers. <laughs> I, I don't mean this like in a smart Alec way. Like he's smarter than all of us. So I have no doubt that when he hears these questions, he's like, really? Like why? why? Well, so you don't give up three years worth of number ones. Like, I'm sorry, everyone, by the way, should watch draft day between now and Thursday, just because it's fantastic. Celebrate Chadwick Boseman, celebrate Kevin Costner, celebrate the absurdity of a wild draft night. Yeah. But you don't give up three years of your team's future without thinking you're taking a player that's making a big impact. I think whoever they take is starting at some point in time. The biggest danger is maybe that they don't start for the first few games. I think if they take fields, I would not be surprised if he doesn't beat Jimmy G out. Assuming oh, they sure. have a preseason. So I know right now they're talking about they're not doing the – what is it? The – uh, I forgot what it's called. Not the they're mandatory. Um, they're not doing OTAs. But OTAs, that's what it man, is. The mandatory yeah. mini camp yeah, yeah, is still in person. And they're, they're still planning a more traditional off season. I, you know, again, you don't make that kind of investment unless you think you're going to change the fortune of oh, your yeah. franchise. And they're in perhaps the most competitive division of football. Seattle didn't get that much weaker. Arizona we still think is is a franchise that seems to be trending in the right direction. The Rams have made some pretty savvy moves. They're probably better after the trade they made this offseason. Yeah. That's that's a tough division. So I just want to throw this. I got two more questions for you, and then we're going to move on to the running backs. Let's say that the 49ers do go Mac Jones. 
who do you think the Patriots would trade up for then? Do you think that they would move up for a Trey Lance knowing they have Newton on the one-year deal, or do you think that they would go up for Fields? Because I think either I way, think you're probably going to be... later in the draft. You know? Because I don't think that they... Because I think if Fields drops past three, somebody is going to lay out several years of picks Let's to see. get up Hang high. On. Let's see. So... I mean, realistically, yeah, you're looking at the next four picks could be, I mean, Atlanta, Cincy, Miami, Detroit, and Carolina, all I think could very easily just be like, yeah, we'll drop back. Who wants to come up? So, Or if he he drops, you know, into that 7-8 range and they don't get the kind of deal. I don't think Detroit's going into this thinking where we need to take a quarterback, but I don't think they're opposed to taking a quarterback to sit behind – Goff, you know, hopefully they're obviously hopeful Goff gets restarted a little bit. I think they're in the midst of a rebuild, and for them, that was the best way to build draft capital while moving on from Matthew Stafford, and they have a guy who's not going to kill them for a year or two until they're ready, but if Justin Fields drops to them, maybe they are ready to say, hey, well... I'd love it. This magic happened. Justin Fields is going to be a very good quarterback. I think he's going to well, – I shouldn't go that far. I'll say that I think he's a special talent, and just because my boy Felix hates him, I would love to see Justin Fields just thrive there I mean, and succeed. Let's be honest. With some of the things they've said about Tua, I wouldn't entirely rule out Miami seeing a quarterback <laughs> like that drop and just saying, to hell with it, we're creating competition. I'd be surprised if Miami went there. I wouldn't well, disagree it would be with disaster, it. But, but well, saying, I, I mean, I think rule it out. Well, I shouldn't say I think they could get more for him than, than the Cardinals did for Rosen because I don't know if two has looked even as good as Rosen did at times with the way he's played. So it, uh, be, I think he did. He was successful, but I mean, there's there's that's another way to go. You know, I I think I wonder the same thing about Denver. If they landed at Justin Fields, do they? prevent a situation which Broncos fans have seen in the past of, of having this, you know, like when, when Tebow was taken behind Orton, it was yeah. anytime Kyle Orton threw a bad pass. And, you know, that was part of that. You would put on there. It's time to put the next guy. And they did that when they took Jay Cutler behind Jake Plummer. I mean, it just, when you have two starting quarterbacks, you have no starting quarterbacks. Yeah. So it's almost like, do they then try to get somebody to take Drew? Do they, so Miami could, you know, if they come through and their evaluations say maybe he's a better option for you, do you take him and you worry about what you're going to do afterward? All right, so completely off-the-cuff question here. I feel like I already know your answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who's the Bo Callahan of this draft? Traded three first-round picks. Who's the Bo Callahan? Who drops? Yeah, and who's who's the guy that's got all the question marks on him? Well, They've certainly made it out like it's Justin Fields because it feels like every – like I honestly didn't know until I was driving the other day. They started talking uh, – it came out that he's battling epilepsy now. Like, yeah, he's had it. His Yeah, that came I'm, out like last sh- week. And I'm sure he has, but it's like every day he's battling something else. I'm like, what the heck yeah. is going on? You know, I love how they bring that up, but then nobody talks about the fact that Mac Jones got t- two DUIs while uh, – well. So the thing, though, if you were really going to be the Bo Callahan, it would have to be Zach Wilson because it has to be a guy that everybody 
believes is locked into a position yeah. that they go another way and then he just keeps plummeting because if the Jets changed course at this point in time, what do the other teams do? Like, I think someone would still take him. I think someone would still try and trade up for him. Somebody will take him, but you have to remember in the draft day scenario, Callahan yeah. they thought was going to be the number one. He just they, dropped yeah. to six, seven because people didn't realize, but you know, so let's say the jets go with fields 49ers. Do they then, do they take it back Jones or Trey Lance because they've been spending all this time and they feel good about those options. Do they, you know, it's like, Remember what the description was, the next few picks were so stunned by the change that they They stayed with with what they were going to be. Well, so then let me ask you that then, and we will eventually, I promise we're going to move on to the running backs then after this one. Say that they do stun the world and go fields. Do you think the 49ers would then go Zach Wilson, or do you think they'd go Mac Jones or Trey Lance? I think they would go Mac Jones. And then the fall would continue. That that would be very interesting. But then you're talking about him dropping into the seven to nine range, and that's where I I don't disagree. Somebody goes up, yeah, and takes to get him. But maybe more realistically, Wilson and Lance are more of the gambles than the the other three who came from more established pro ready programs. I will say that I would. I guess I don't know if I'd hate that because I do. I think Salah's going to turn the Jets around. I just, I'm not a big fan yeah. of the Jets. I just, I don't like them in just in general. No offense, well, Jet fans, but. And, you know, they could potentially start stockpiling rookies that you've been following for a long time. You like them. I mean, if they end up with Fields and Etienne and. No, I don't like these. Some, teams, so. well, okay, I'd, be, I'd be okay with seeing him. Well, yeah. I, I don't want to see anybody. Fit. If they take Najee Harris and Justin Fields, and you're going to have a whole lot of Jets jerseys. Feel like I, I see that's the problem. I feel like I'm so invested in Fields succeeding that wherever he goes, I'm. I don't want to say like I'd be a fan of the team, but like I'll I'll quiet. I don't even want quietly. I will loudly root for him. I don't want to do that with the Jets, though. Like, I saw some people talking about him going to the Patriots. I'm like, no, it's going to be so difficult to be like, yeah, go Justin. So, but if it happens, I'll do it. But it's it's going to hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So, anyways. That's why you want Wilson to go to the Jets. That is very much why I'm fine with him going to that. Because, you know, the 49ers are an NFC team, so I can be cool with that. I'm like, hey, you know, like, hey, I want him to get to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, when – the Browns get their Browns for Super Bowl and Baker wins it. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like we're cruising towards uh, last year. It seemed like some of the landing spots in the early part of the first round really threw us for a loop draft night. I feel like we're cruising toward that, throwing us for a loop on draft night again. Um, this year, there's, there's always surprises. No matter how you prepare, there's yeah. always – that's what, and that's that's what makes those live shows so much fun. Because when you find it, and you're like, oh, like it when um, who when was CD it? Lamb got drafted last year. There was like yeah, that was just for ten minutes. And then there was someone else that they traded up for. Maybe it wasn't last year. Maybe it was a couple years ago. Um, I'm trying to think of when it was. It may have been when I was with a bunch of my friends. The year that like a bunch of teams traded up for quarterbacks, and Mitch went to. So yeah, we we didn't do that one live. And then Mahomes and Watson. It was just kind of that was that was a lot of fun in that one too. But so running backs, we we kind of already mentioned uh, it jokingly toward Austin there. The Steelers taking Najee Harris right now. Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Kalen Balazs, and Anthony McFarlane. Not a great running room. They've got a great running back room if you're looking for a bunch of Jags, but not anybody that really stands out. Uh, 
do you think that they go running back here? You know, Austin's biggest thing, and this is where I kind of agree with him, is even if they bring in, say, a Najee Harris or a Javante or an ETN, that offensive line is not great right now. They've lost yeah. a lot of players due to retirement. And if they don't improve that offensive line, I don't know how great those guys are going to be going there. It also seems like they're a real pass-first team. They have been yeah. the last few years. I'm with re-signing Juju Smith-Schuster and the constant rumors they're going to draft another wide receiver. Yeah. You know, that would be a question. I think they have, they're have. they taking a running back at some point. They've taken running backs each of the last four years. Uh, I had forgotten they signed Kalen Bellage until I saw that, and that sort of made me laugh. I know people had high hopes for Benny Snell. He looked good filling in for James Conner in week one against the Giants and never looked good again last season. Jalen Samuels, we've seen that kind of whiff. There, I've seen people out there pounding the pavement saying it's McFarlane. I he didn't even crack the field rotation last year. I think they're taking somebody. I think they're always going to be a team that has a lot of backs and your comments about the line are totally valid. If they took a Harris, you're, you still like him because he was an incredible talent, but it would, from a fantasy standpoint, it would be both good and bad. He'd be the best running back they have, but we have not seen incredible production since 2017-2018. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they'll be as pass-heavy. I know they brought back Juju, and part of me thinks that may be like a long-term thing in the fact that we know they're about to get a lot of cap space next year. So it made sense, you know, bring Juju back for one year, and then maybe they can re-sign him long-term next year. You know, a lot of the stuff, I, I pay attention to a lot of this stuff. I like to pay attention to all the teams in the AFC North just to kind of see what they're doing being a Browns fan. And a lot of that stuff seemed to be like they didn't like the way that Randy Finkner, who used to be the offensive coordinator, always was passing the ball, even when they felt like they were in running situations. And they got rid of him. So I don't know if they'll continue to be as pass heavy. I, I think you might see them. I don't want to say shift to back to what they were with like Bettis and even Le'Veon Bell at times, but I think they might go back to like a 50, 50 kind of thing, or maybe like 60, 40 instead of like 80, 20, what I feel like they have been the past couple of years. I agree with you. That I think they go running back. I don't know if they do it in the first two rounds, which means you're not getting those top guys. So if they wait till the third or fourth, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them go one of two ways. And I'm just going to pick these two guys to kind of illustrate my point. I wouldn't be surprised if they go, say, a Trey Sermon, who's a power back, and then maybe use a Jalen Samuels and an Anthony McFarland to kind of come in and be those third down guys, help in the passing game a little bit. Or if they believe what they got out of Benny Snell, maybe go a Kenneth Gainwell. And this guy is going to be our receiving back who can run the ball as well. But I think in the running game, he's going to be more of a change of pace guy, but definitely a really good receiving back. And maybe Benny Snell is kind of our first second round grinder. And then we use Kenneth game on different directions that if, and I hate saying that because I feel like that actually makes the Steelers a better team. I'd yeah. love for them to go like a, a, I'd say ETM because I don't want to see ETM succeed. I, sh I shouldn't say that. That's a bad thing to say. I just don't like ETN's the, overall ceiling, I guess. so. Last year, it seemed like um, Samuels was the one that was on the bubble. There was a yeah. lot of people when we were coming up to cut down day that didn't think he was going to make the final squad. I feel like with the fact that we've seen kind of Snell out there doing it and that they put in Balazs, who seemed to be kind of a grounder or a pounder, that it – 
it does make sense that perhaps they're looking at a receiving back because you got to figure they have these four guys. They're probably adding a rookie. At most, I think they're taking four through. So somebody's going to get bounced out of the mix. Yeah. All right, so next up, another one we just talked about in the New York Jets. Currently, they have Tevin Coleman and LaMichael P. Ryan. Makes a lot of sense for them to go running back. I would be interested to see when they do this. So they've got, what, two first, one second, right? Yeah, and it's a high second, and that's where a lot of people have been projecting Projecting. them taking ATN, um, which we did too, and he does feel kind of like it. Jets running back. Wait, no, we had Najee going because remember Dennis picked ETN um, before the Jets to somebody else. Oh, maybe it was just you and me. That... Yeah, oh, I, I don't think. Hold I on. think Najee's going to be. Here. I'm pretty sure. I think Najee. Oh yeah, that's right. Dennis picked Najee. Yeah, because I was very upset about that because I, I've I've like gone all in in a couple leagues to get Najee at one one because I I think regardless of where he goes. <laughs> He's going to be good. I think even if he goes to New York, he is going to be good. I just don't want to see him there. Because again, sorry, Jets fans, just not a big fan of your team and franchise. So, but I think either way, they, I think they're taking. Uh, you know, it seems yeah. like a lot of the high mocks have uh, have been them getting a running back in the top, and I, I think it's it's a clear need. Tevin Coleman brings veteran experience. Pirine. You know, we had a lot of high hopes. Well, he was injured last year, so, you know, we'll – I don't want to say I, I can't. I don't want to write off P Ryan just yet. He was injured. I don't. The Jets were just horrible last year. So I, I, I do That's think the I thing. Think it's hard to team. evaluate the twenty twenty yeah. Jets. And I think if they bring in an ETN, I don't. I want to say that spells the end for P Ryan, but it spells the end of him being the starter. I think is fair to say. Like a lot of people had hoped last year and when they drafted him. I think he gets Keyshawn Bond again this year. I think Tevin Coleman is the veteran that has some kind of a role. And the rookie takes over, and then perhaps, you know, they move on on after that. But I, I think it makes sense, and that's why I would be – I would not be spending big on any of these current Jets running backs. I'm very leery of that situation. I would – I will say that I do think ETN – it makes a lot of sense for him to go there bringing over um, – what is it? Is it Mike LaFleur, right? Because Matt's, yeah, the, Mike Matt's the Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Mike LaFleur coming from that Kyle Shanahan offense. They like to run that outside run run scheme that the 49ers do. And that's where I think ETN would thrive. So if ETN does go there, I do think he would succeed. I feel like that's the perfect offensive fit for his skill set, obviously. And, and I'm, let's be honest, it's going to make that team an intriguing team going into the 2021 season. If they do take a Wilson ETN, they've got, Corey Davis and Marvin Mims and Marvin Mims. My God, I'm thinking Denzel college. Mims. Denzel Mims, yeah, uh, wide receivers. I actually think's got potential to have a pretty good season. Oh up. yeah, I agree. And then I mean, I still don't want. I'm still Crowder. on the sinking ship of Chris Herndon. Maybe, maybe we can save it. Zach Wilson yeah. can save it. So we'll see. Hey, yeah, Matt Bushman had great years with Zach Wilson well, there at BYU. So and you wonder too. Uh, you know, we saw last year an offensive coach in Carolina's Matt Rule taking all defensive picks in a draft, knowing he's he wanted to build up that side because he trusted that his 
scheme and his experience was going to be able to work. I wonder if you get something similar with Robert Salah the other way, who's a very great defensive mind, defensive coach, looks at trying to get some good young talent so that they can have a more competent offense and build, build into the defense. All right, so the next team is the Miami Dolphins, currently with Miles Gaskin and Sal Von Ahmed. This is actually one of the teams that, if they didn't do anything at running back, it wouldn't surprise me because I think both these guys were very – or I shouldn't say anything. I think they'll grab somebody too because both these guys suffered injuries, but I wouldn't And I be believe surprised. they signed Malcolm Brown, I forgot too. Okay. I, I, fantasy I dream crusher. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they don't go early on like one of the top three guys that everybody expects them to. Maybe they grab another guy because Gaskin and Ahmed were a very good duo down the stretch. Both those guys performed very well. Mm-hmm. So if they did get, say, like a Najee, I still think Najee and Javante to me are the better fits here for what they do compared to what Gaskin and Ahmed do. And I think if either one of them went there, I think both, whichever one went there, and I would say probably Gaskin, in my opinion, would still be a little bit viable. Obviously not as viable as, say, I'm just going to go Najee. I think Najee mm-hmm. could still be a high-end wide receiver, too, maybe a low – high-end RB, two, yeah. maybe low-end RB, one, and then Gas can come in like that RB, three range. Um, but if they don't go there, I would not be surprised either. I think they've got a really good really good duo there with Gaskin and Ackman. Yeah, that's that's been my my feeling is if they bring in a higher drafted running back, that it probably hurts Ackman more than Gaskin because I think with his skill set and what we saw him do, I mean that game when they had to have it against the Raiders, he was all over the field making huge plays. I think he still Santa's value doesn't take a hit, but if this ends up being one of those groups that doesn't take, uh, you know, doesn't get running back competition in the draft. To me, Malcolm Brown's probably some kind of reserve, you know, as a veteran experience. But I've, I'm with you. We saw these guys work pretty well together. I would have Gaskin higher, but I we liked what we saw from both of them. And I think that could be a big boon to those who hung on to these two guys. Yeah, and I mean, it would also. I think. I think I could see Malcolm Brown coming in and being like that goal line guy, though, and just pissing us off because he's a little bit bigger, obviously, than Gaskin and Hockman. So I could see him definitely getting the goal line carries there. The vulture. The last running back team is a team, obviously, who's got a lot of quarterback intrigue around them in the 49ers. Currently, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, both who were very good when they were on the field last year. Wilson, phenomenal bat down the stretch, and Mostert has been good whenever he was on the field. Do you see the 49ers going here? Because, again, they're a team that I don't think is far away from being back as that Super Bowl contender. Lost some players on defense, but I still think have a very good offense likely going to get their quarterback of the future there at uh, pick three. When is their next pick? Is it not till the third round? No, they have a second round pick. Oh, okay. Um, but I think it's more in the middle. It's pick 11 in the second round. Gotcha. Uh, there could still be one of those three guys there. I don't think – I think at be. least one might fall there. But I, I don't think – I think at that point you're probably looking at – if we say – based off the ETN going to the Jets and probably Najee being the first running back. I think those two probably would be off the board. So maybe a Javante falls and you're looking at obviously everybody again, it's Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Sermon, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, Jamar Jefferson, which I would love for Jamar to go there. The thing with the 49ers, it feels like they don't really prize highly pass catching out of their backs. 
I mean, we saw at, at times Mostert has done it. I think that's why Coleman ended up not being an incredible fit because when he was with Atlanta, one of his great strengths was that he was so versatile and he filled in. And in fact, a lot of times he was the bigger passing weapon uh, when they had Freeman. But, you know, I was, I'm happy with Wilson and Mostert. I have a lot of shares in different leagues. And I, I think there's a lot of potential. We've seen them kind of clear out. Coleman's gone now. Jarek McKinnon is kind of out of the mix. The 49ers, though, are a team that always seem to have like three or four running backs. They want to make sure they have the position covered. So I believe they're going to take a running back somewhere. If they end up taking one of those top three, I think it hurts both of these veterans. If they end up just taking a guy to add to the group, I still think, you know, they just redid that contract for most last offseason. Jeff Wilson really exploded in 2020, and I think those would be the top two guys. All right, we're going to quickly move through the wide receivers here so we can get to the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. Uh, The big one with wide receivers is obviously the Eagles. A lot of people believe they'll take a wide receiver with their first pick. The only real wide receiver of any consequence right now, at least we believe, is Jalen Rager. I I think regardless of who they take, unless it's a Jalen Waddle, which I don't know if he'd be available there for the Eagles pick. If he was and he took him, I do think that both those guys would be a little bit redundant because I think both uh, are, are can be. Well, Jalen Waddle does a little bit different stuff than Rager, but I feel like they both could be field stretchers. I think a Jamar Chase would be phenomenal on the opposite of Rager, really help both of those guys out. Uh, but what, what are you seeing with the Eagles here and who they might take and how that might affect them? Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Eagles end up uh, getting a receiver. In the last um, mock that I did, I ended up having them land Devonta Smith. Um, you know, and I don't think that would be bad. I, I don't think it totally hurts Rager because, yeah. like you said, there's not a lot of competition. To me, the biggest concern I have if I have a, an Eagles wide receiver is what are they doing with tight end? Um, you know, they still, we've all thought, we've thought throughout the whole offseason that Ertz is going to be gone. He, he's still there. So, I think he gets traded uh, this week, this weekend. I think during the draft he goes. If he doesn't get traded during the draft, though, then you then you start to yeah. wonder. Probably the bigger question is what is the passing game like? You know, we know it's yeah. going to be Jalen Hurts, but we don't, still don't know what that experience is like. So that's probably a bigger concern, but I wouldn't. I'm not panicking on Rager, even knowing they're going to get a wide receiver. They have a lot of room to build there. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, too. That defense is not great. So they're likely going to be in a lot of shootouts. So, and, and I will say Rager had some of his best games with Hurts at quarterback. So adding another wide receiver, especially a guy like Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith. I agree. I like Devonta Smith a lot. Well, he's my 1B. Uh, I think either one of those guys come in there. Those two can really kind of help each other in, in coverages. Next up is the Bengals, which is interesting because we've obviously seen a lot of mocks of them taking Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase there with their first pick. You've got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd there. I will be honest, and I don't remember who posted this meme. I will try and go find it. Uh, But it is a meme of, have you seen this? It says at the top, uh, the Bengals draft. And the next picture is Panay Sewell. Shows a guy on the ground with Joe Burrow throwing the ball to, it says, an open wide receiver. The next picture below it says, if they draft Jamar Chase. It shows Jamar Chase wide open and Joe Burrow getting sacked because their offensive line is 
they believe is good. Yes. We don't believe so. so. And this is going to make you so mad after our last, but I did change my mind and have them taking Penny Swole at pick five. Hey, I'd, I'd be fine with it because I like Joe Burrow. You know, is even as a Browns fan, for whatever reason, maybe it's because they're in Ohio, I, I don't really hate Cincinnati. I don't like, I like Joe Burrow. I want to see some of those guys succeed. I would hate it if they took Pitts and Jamar just because. I think a lot of people are mocking those guys there because they expect, you know, Burrow to turn the Bengals into the 2019 LSU Tigers. That's just not going to happen. They're, they're, that's not yeah. who they're going to be. Well, and T. Higgins looked, looked so good when he was given a chance to thrive. I think if they take a Pitts, I'm still not worried about Higgins and Boyd because it's a little bit of a different position. Yeah. If they take Jamar Chase, I think the one that gets hurt probably is Boyd. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people seem to forget, like, Auden Tate was actually having a pretty good year last year until he got hurt as well. Yeah. So The one that he, really gets hurt is Dennis, who has yeah. the Auden Tate future. I, I like Auden Tate, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't think they need a wide receiver. I like, I get the Pitts talk, but I don't think they need to I go Pitts I assume they're taking one, but I, I now think it's maybe late day two or day three because they still have Tate. They did clear out John Ross. You know, yeah. he's gone. And AJ Green is gone, so they've made some clarifying moves. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a receiver to add to the group. I'm starting to shift with you that it doesn't have to be a top end, and maybe it is too much of us thinking the Bengals are going to bangle. Yeah, I mean, look, I, if the Bengals day one, day two could go Penesul and then Pat Fryermuth because everybody wants them to take a tight end. Okay, get the tight end that's really good blocker and phenomenal route runner, great hands. I think that's a win-win for Bengals right there. And I'd love that spot for Fryermuth too, because, you know, you I expect him to be good. It doesn't kill. I think it would, in a way, kill Pitt's value, if I'm being honest, if he goes to Cincinnati. But you get that offensive tackle, that left tackle that could help protect Burrow's blind side. And then you get a really good blocking tight end who can be really good in the offense as well. So I hope they don't. We'll see. They're definitely one of those interesting spots. And if they take the Peninsula or if, like we talked about earlier, if a field starts falling, are they one of those teams that just decides to trade back? And then maybe Sewell and some of those other guys come off the board and they take Devonta Smith because they fall to whatever, 11 or 12. And so there's a lot of interesting places. I hope the Bengals don't do it, but we'll see. A team that needs wide receivers badly is the Detroit Lions. Right now, Quintez Cephas, Tyrell Williams, and Rashad Perriman. While a lot of people like Cephas, I don't think any of us think he is a one. I don't know if they really take a wide receiver at seven. So if they don't, you think so? I currently have them taking Chase. Okay. Gotcha. All right. See, I don't don't know. I think it does depend. You know, Detroit's one of those teams that said they're flexible about dropping yeah. down. I just think where they and if they end up at seven, the value there is going to be getting one of those high end receivers, which is a decimated position of need. I'd be intrigued to see what they do. I feel like they wouldn't. I think they might go defense or trade out. And if they do, depending on where they go back, maybe they take a wide receiver later. But I feel like they may not hit wide receiver until the second round. And I, then I don't think you're getting one of those top five guys. I, for me, yeah. I think those top five guys go first round or early second before you get back to Detroit. So, But for me, unless they take a top receiver, I won't have a Lions receiver in oh, my yeah. top 40. Um, you know, I have high hopes that Cephas might 
make some inroads, but even if I was being optimistic, I'd have them probably in the fifties. I just yeah, don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm not believing in Williams or Tyrell Williams. Though. Greatest seasons have been like wide receiver 47 and wide receiver 48. That kind of tells you they have a wide receiver five. If they're lucky. You're, you're hoping for Hawkinson to at least do something with Jared Goff, I think, at that point. Hawkinson so. and Swift. I mean, yeah. it's wheels up for DeAndre Swift, in my opinion. They need him to run. They need him to catch all the passes that Hawkinson can't catch. Yeah. They probably need him to block at times, maybe to make sandwiches. Poor Swift. I feel, I feel, I'm starting to feel bad for him now. Yeah. Uh, the last spot is the Dolphins here. Currently, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Preston Williams. Uh, we've talked about it. Yeah, I think Javon, uh, Javonta, Jalen Waddle would be a great fit here. Even at Devonta yeah. Smith, I think, you know, and not just pairing the Alabama guys, but I think those guys just fit well into that offensive scheme. Do you expect them to go wide receiver in the first round? And, yeah. and do you expect them to take one of those two guys? I am taking Waddle at six. I just think that that makes sense. And I think they get that connection. And honestly, he probably would vault up to being the highest ranked yeah. Dolphins receiver for me. I did not like this as a landing spot for Will Fuller. I don't feel like it's a great fit. And I think this, the way things are turning last year, all but killed Preston Smith. You know, I know we are Preston Williams. We had a lot of, High hopes. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Now he's probably buried third on a not incredibly robust depth chart after the draft. He could be fourth or fifth. Yeah, it sucks too because the games that he had right before he got injured both years were like phenomenal games. And then maybe he, got he gets to go game, somewhere. So. I mean, that's got to be the kind of hope, you know, maybe after this season or during the post draft period, he, he moves on somewhere. Maybe he ends up getting. The casualty and gets to go somewhere else and gets gets a chance. It just doesn't seem like his path to significant targets is there anymore. All right, so it is time. If you have not watched the finale yet, which I don't know why you haven't, or maybe you haven't started the show. I guess some people wait a little bit longer to start these things. Ricky, but... please tune off. Uh, tune oh, off. Ricky hasn't watched it yet? Or is he not no, watched any of it or just the finale? No, he hasn't started it yet. And he huh? talks about how Twitter gives it away every week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to avoid it. So apparently, you can't mute the keywords of the show anymore because they added those little icons, like that little falcon. Uh, and if somebody puts that icon in, it undoes Twitter's ability to mute keywords. So I don't think. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything, but I, obviously, we follow different people here and there. So I haven't seen anything that ruined anything for me. But a lot of people the poster the that I follow a lot of people in the movie, uh, movie gotcha. and reviewing world, and um, definitely not spoiler phobic. Gotcha. All right. So, what did you think of the finale? I know it's gotten mixed reviews. I saw on Rotten Tomatoes it's sitting at fifty nine percent, which they kind of is below their sixty percent threshold, so they've declared it kind of a, a miss. I loved it. I thought the last two episodes of this season were incredible. I thought the finale gave me a lot of really rich emotional moments, set up what this show could be in the future, set up what a potential movie could be. I I loved it. I love seeing new Captain America. I love what they did with it. I, I thought it was really good. You, you know, because I dropped in your thing. I'm like, I can't wait to talk about it. I was yeah. super pumped. 
And you know what I thought right at the beginning. I was like, well, I'm worried because I saw all the same stuff you did. I saw a lot of people saying they did not like it. And I'm with you. I enjoyed I've enjoyed the entire series. I've been very open about that. It's been, you know, I think they did a decent job of broaching subjects that are currently going on in America with everything we've seen this year. I loved it. Now, you have known for a while that that again, guys, if you're please stop because we're about to give spoilers away. So just turn it off. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. We'll miss you. Yeah. We, you, you've known for a while that Sam was going to become some version of Captain America. I did not know you were a, you unfortunately saw the toy and you had mentioned it. Yeah. So I, I, we, I thought maybe something was going to happen. We got that reveal here. I thought it was perfect. I've loved the, the play between him and Bucky the entire time. I thought the mm-hmm. characters have been interesting the entire time with everything that was going on with Zemo. Uh, obviously, we'll get to Carter in a minute, but Carly Morgan found everything going on with her, and I think Walker redeemed himself in a great way say, this episode. You know, you became uh, a fan, didn't you? Fans a little strong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've loathed that character, and I... You know, the fifth episode, I thought they were really doing the kind of full heel turn. And he yeah. kind of starts out that way as he appears in the finale. But they did such a good job of providing a modicum of redemption that I actually felt bad for him. And then yeah. I felt moved by him. And I thought, damn me, Marvel. I told you, man, he's a tragic character the entire time. I think people dove too much into the replacing captain captain america thing and that's what made but like we talked about i think that's what they wanted right they wanted you i I shouldn't say hate him but you were supposed to dislike him yeah and supposed to be dislikable the actor i don't know his real name did such a Uh, i think phenomenal job russell as well like he did such a good job like making you want to hate him like even me the whole time it's like it's i felt i felt sorry for him the entire time we talked about like i I felt like he was a very tragic character and i do think that he redeemed himself and it was cool to see him become the u.s agent which if you guys don't follow comic that now it's not actually john walker in the comics but there is a u.s agent and makes things very interesting how he might play i think it is walker in the comics or at least i saw it's become him or something that he's in there too i he actually even it delivered one of the most lighthearted exchanges when he gives that quote and Bucky looks at him like quoting Lincoln. I thought it was cool. Well, not when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I, you know, it was a brief moment of laughter and what was, it was a pretty heavy, you know, yeah. finale. Yeah. But I, I, I loved it and I'm in, interested to see where he might possibly go now into the future. Well, and so uh, the word came out that Marvel has Disney submitted Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, in the drama category, which would indicate that they are viewing it as a ongoing series. Otherwise, there's a category for Emmys for the TV awards, you know, a little technical, but is is a limited series or mini series, which I believe is what they said they submitted WandaVision as. Uh, you know, limited series, meaning that they don't foresee it going. There also came out that uh, Malcolm Spellman, who was the adapter and developer of this TV show, is currently working on writing Captain America 4, which you would assume would pick up with Sam yeah. uh, taking this spot as the new Captain America. So I was actually pretty pumped about both those ideas. I would love to see a new Captain America movie with this. I thought Sam was great. It was such a 
powerful moment, you know, a really powerful moment of celebration. And I would be thrilled to see this series continue because I thought he and Bucky had great chemistry. I think you see where Zemo could come back and recur. Obviously, Sharon Carter, who we saw, I don't know if you want to get into that, take a big... We'll save that for a minute. But I'm very bullish on the future after where we saw this end. Yeah, so where... As you mentioned, we finally see him kind of don the shield. He he shows off his new outfit and everything. So is it what you hoped it would be? And did you think that it worked? I thought it looked good. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I, I have no issues with it. I thought it was awesome. And I like the combination of the wings and stuff. He kind of, he kind of makes it um, his own. Yeah. I, I like the redemption as well i, I want to stick with that one part before we get into the sharon thing obviously because that was kind of like the big thing which my wife had actually guessed the entire time so i will give her props on that um and i don't remember his name uh and i apologize about that but the other super soldier that sam met with uh, earlier in the show that guy oh, yeah um well, i'm gonna look it up yeah i can't remember before his name but i can I think of him, uh, that actor played another superhero, Demantis. Oh, really? Yeah. And I always think of that when I see him. But, but what, so while you're looking that up, yeah, like I, I agree. I love that as well. I love the first intro of you seeing him as a new Captain America, Sam as a new Captain America with the wings, with the shield kind it's of. It's Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. So I will say that was the one part of the entire, it, it got me a little bit. Like that hit yeah. me in the fields when he brought him to the memorial and showed like, Hey, you will never be forgotten or erased from history. I thought that was a really cool moment. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Uh, obviously you've kind of, you've teased it. So we'll jump into that. Cause that's kind of like the last thing about the, this big thing we see that we thought maybe, and I always say her name wrong. Julianne Dreyfus, right? Is that correct? Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Julie Louis Dreyfus we thought might be the power broker. Turns out that Sharon Carter is the power broker, which maybe we could have figured out when she was calling the French guy and talking to him on the phone. Like maybe we could have put those two and two together. My wife actually did. She thought it was Sharon. She mentioned thought she thought it was Sharon Carter, like two episodes ago. I read some review from one of my favorite TV critics who said, and as has been obvious and telegraphed since she returned, Sharon Carter's the power broker. And I'm like, damn, I missed that because yeah, I maybe it's idea. just the part of me that just thinks of her as, as, you know, agent Carter's niece and as, as an agent of shield and as a good person, it was, I was kind of bummed. Yeah, I, I am too. I was very surprised. Like I said, my wife said that like two episodes ago. I was like, nah, it's not her. And then I was just like, holy shit. So what then you happened? were sad you were watching it with your wife when it turned out to be Yeah, her. well, my, you know, my wife's always right. Always right. You know, in case she watches this. So, you hey, know. you wouldn't still be married if she wasn't. That's very true. All right, or alive. Let's just be honest. So I have a or great if life. Or had policy, anything so. to do with your... <laughs> yeah, well, me, I, you know, I'm a little bit afraid to talk to Kyle now after he's already willing to kill like one of the most handsome men in uh, the NFL. Yeah, so it was it was surprising to me. Obviously, if you stayed behind for the end credit scene, you also get a preview of I think what might be kind of leading into the second season. I don't know if they'll go movie first or second season, but I think they're obviously setting up Sharon would- Carter to be part of probably some kind of I don't want to say big bad, but 
she no, is she now is in the on guy. the government. So yeah, yeah, she did, and I would say that probably is the second season. In fact, we could go back so far as to say she's been the big bad all along because you get that yeah. revelation in her conversation with Carly. She's the one that made them super soldiers and set them about their task. Carly's ideology had her kind of spin off in her own direction, which is what set her at odds with the power broker. But obviously power broker was the one pulling the strings and trying to make it all go. You know, she's, we got a sense even when she was talking to Bucky and Sam that she's a little bit bitter about what happened to her after yeah. she felt like she acted in uh, based on her conscience and helped Steve and after everything that happened during the snap. And I saw an interesting one that's postulating. I think they had talked about she got snapped, but the way the power broker set up a base and everything, but they don't think she did get snapped. She just used it as an opportunity to disappear and create right. something. So I, and I would say that probably is a TV. I would I would think a movie thing is probably going to be a more uh, traditional bigger villain or something. I think the pieces that they were setting up with like the ongoing U.S. agent, uh, which you figure is going to come back in some way, and uh, with Sharon Carter are going to be um, kind of an ongoing series. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree. I don't think she did get snapped. I'm almost positive she mentioned that you know when he disappeared because we know Sam did. Yeah. That she she was left okay. alone. That's what I thought too. Through, I was reading so. a review and they're like, well, I talked about her being snapped and returned, but that couldn't be the case if she's the power broker. Yeah, I'm like, almost positive she mentioned weird. that because okay. I and, and I I get that part of it too, right? Like. I would be kind of bitter too because it seemed like once and again Sam came back, fought Thanos cool. and all that stuff, but he was snapped. Like, but they all kind of seemed to forget to be forgiven. Well, and she, she got never declared was. enemy of the state, no. right? So I wouldn't be surprised. It is a little, I guess, disheartening just because we know Peggy Carter. We know obviously her love story with Cap. So you expect her to be good, but it is a nice kind of twist as well. We'll see what happens. Does she ever redeem herself in any sort of way? I guess we'll see, but. Can't it, rule it out after John Walker's turn. It, I mean, you wouldn't have thought John Walker could so quickly, but they made it work. You know, I, yeah. I read some people that said it, didn't, it felt forced. It didn't feel forced to me. I thought it was no. beautifully organic I'm, turn. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Again, I've probably been the bigger fan out of him than probably most of the people you know, I would I would guess. I've, I've really liked the character for the most part, and – I was even questioning up until that moment when he was sitting there and he saw the chance to go after them or save the the senators. Like I even at that point was like, oh, like what is he actually going to do? Because the, I do think I'm with you. Like they did a good job of playing it right up until that moment. Like I don't think there was anybody thinking, oh no, he's going to save the senators. I, I think it was a legitimate question leading up to that point. Was is he just going to let him go because he's been that character really that second kind of part of this this show? He's been kind of this character that has you think turned evil in a way or let the power get to his head, I guess. So uh, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see though, what they do with Sharon. I, I agree. I think they're setting her up to kind of be the main villain or a main villain part of the second uh, season, whether that comes before the movie or not. I don't know. I did see they released a poster already for captain America mm -hmm. four. So 
I, do you think we get the movie I think first it was a, or the it show? Was a fan, it was a fan-made poster. I oh, was it? Yeah. I thought Marvel tweeted one out. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone tweeted something. Oh, I saw, I've seen a couple that look like they came off fan accounts. I would I would think the movie will probably go um, first, but it's hard to say. They're still in the midst of rebuilding their kind of MCU timeline after yeah. uh, all the COVID disruptions. But yeah, John, the John Walker thing, it, it almost flipped. I almost, I felt a little bad for him after he decided to save them and got knocked off and couldn't. And then Sam swooped in and was the one that saved him. And everybody was like, oh, there's the real Captain America. I'm like, that guy may have made some mistakes, but he was out there risking his life trying to save them. Oh, so it was a report about them working, that Captain America 4 is in development now. So, yeah. And they just tweeted out a picture of him in the, in the suit. So they did say as well that Chris Evans will return as Captain America, but so I was going to ask you project. I feel like the biggest, um, probably the only letdown for me is we had expected there was going to be some kind of big cameo. Yeah. Maybe a new hero introduced or Steve Rogers coming back. And I we actually did get a new hero introduced USA. Hey, he's a hero. Please. Um, I feel like the Isaiah Bradley part filled in a much richer way, uh, better than anything that would have happened if you had Steve Rogers come back again, which probably wouldn't have made sense. But we didn't. This is the second show in a row where they've like hinted that you're going to get some kind of major character or major cameo. We haven't gotten anything, so that was kind of interesting. I mean, again, I I I don't know. Maybe it's because I I liked you know, him all along. But I, I think it's not obviously what we hoped for. We were hoping for like a massive one U S agent. Again, we'll see what happens. I mean, I do think he obviously has a future in, in the mark, even if it's just with yeah. the, you know, Falcon and winter soldier, I guess, I don't know if they'll call it captain American winter soldier and I moving forward. I don't know. But I, I think, uh, I think maybe he plays a part or maybe he gets his own show. Maybe he has something to do with the power broker now moving forward. And it becomes a thing with them. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but you know, yeah, I, was I a little disappointed? I'm not going to say I wasn't. I was really hoping we were going to get like some big, massive. But I, in a way, you got kind of two different things. You got what looks like them leading toward the second season with now Sharon Carter being within the USA and as the power broker within the government, and you get the U.S. agent. So, well, and so U.S. agent could be getting recruited um that character that julia louis dreyfus played valentina in the comic books was a sleeper agent for leviathan which was a an organization embedded in shield so i wouldn't he may think he's becoming a good guy but yeah he might be getting used yeah unfortunately all right so oh last question before we get out of here um that is let's see here now that it's over how would you end up rating falcon and the winter soldier so i still have it a touch behind wandavision um but it came up a lot for me and uh so there's if you count the tv series and the movies there's 25 entries so far in the mcu i have it ranked seventh right now Okay, so made the top 10. Very nice. Yeah, I haven't ranked. I, maybe I should go back and rank all mine. I, I, I'm with you that I don't know why, because I really did enjoy 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but there's just something about WandaVision I like just a tad bit more. I don't know if it was just the suspense. Maybe it was just the, the tragedy of Wanda overall yeah. that I really kind of liked. Yeah. But, well, I shouldn't say like that sounds bad, but well, bought they, into. they were so clever with some of their comedy, but also so rich, the emotion. You know, those last few episodes, the scenes between Vision and Wanda, the emotional devastation of and the quotability, they they got pretty close to that with, with some of what they did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but consistently I didn't think it was always at that level. It had more peaks and valleys for me, which is probably why I drop it a little bit lower. Yeah, and I mean, I'll say outside of really Wanda and Vision, though, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier had some of the better characters, and I, I like some of the things that went because I, I feel like it was really just about Wanda and Vision and Wanda Vision. I didn't really care for. I, I still probably am going to get her name wrong. Agnes, I think is what Agatha her name Harkness. Was. Agatha, yeah, could care less. I still I'm getting her name wrong because I could care care less about well, her. But I like. Might getting, be right. I can't remember if Agatha Harkness is what it was in the comics and Agnes. Yeah, I remember we, it, we always I like got it wrong. We always, I kept mixing it up between the comics and the TV show. But like, I did like that we got Speed and Wiccan, who are her her children in the comic books, and the fact that they might actually be alive in an alternate universe. Again, we know that was supposed to set up Spider Man and Doctor Strange, which we'll still eventually get at some point in time this year. So I did like that part of it as well, and I'm interested to see where her character goes. I believe she's supposed to be a big part of Doctor Strange, right? The yep, movie. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, so which is yeah, getting closer to being done, I believe. It'll be it'll be fun to see how that story carries forward because I, I do you know agree with like her and the Walker thing. She's a very tragic character at this point. Everything mm-hmm. she's had to go through and and kind of deal with ten times more than what Walker's had to. So, so, what is your favorite of the Marvel movies? Of the Marvel movies, oh man, you got to put me on the spot. Um, well, I'll do mine if it helps you, so you can think. My number one of all time hasn't changed. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, and then I have Black Panther, Ragnarok. I don't know. It would be my top three. I'd have to like. I'd have to really sit down think because whenever you when people ask me that, my immediate thoughts go to. Um, was it not? Is it Cold War? What is what is Civil War? Civil War, Captain America two, Iron Man. See, I like Guardians of the Galaxy, but I, I, I'm I love the suspense and like Civil War because I just I love Iron Man. He's my favorite. So, but I didn't love Iron Man two, and I'll be honest, I really didn't love Iron Man three. But I felt like Civil yeah. War is really kind of where we started to get peak Tony and and where he kind of moved on from there. I mean, obviously, Endgame, in my opinion, has to be up there with how great that was. Endgame as well. is Endgame is four for me. Then Spider Man Homecoming. Then See, one division, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That would be I'll my have to sit down and, and actually look at it, and I'll give you a little. We'll, we'll talk about it Thursday. A little filler stuff as we move into because, like, realistically, I didn't love Dude, the Dennis four movies. Is going to be pumped. I know, I know. He's, it's going to be his favorite segment of the show. Um, like Thor Ragnarok, I'm with you. Like that was actually, I think, the only thing that redeemed the Thor movies because I did yeah, not like. I don't, one I don't or two. Uh, Yeah, they're they're down there. I. I'll send you so you can you can see mine for comparison. But uh, you know, I I have them. If uh, you follow me on Letterbox, I'm Nighthawk seven seven three four on there. I, I have a lot of different it, people who like movies. Well, no, gotcha. 
It's, just, it's basically a place where you can um, rate and review movies. If you, I'm Nighthawk7734 on there. I have a lot of different lists where I have things ranked. I have actually reviewed and rated over 5,600 movies now. I mean, that used to be me when I was younger and not married with kids. I I used to like every Tuesday when the new DVDs came out, everything I'd go buy like four or five of them every Friday. I'd be in the movie, seeing a new movie. And then my kids happened and that doesn't happen anymore because I can't take them to see some of the movies that I want to see. So like we just watched a new Mortal Kombat movie this weekend and that's not yeah. really something like I wanted my kids to watch. So it's like planning time to watch that. So I don't see like people getting. Wasn't my kids something I uh, wanted my wife to see me watch either. I watched it while she was at IKEA. Yeah, it was a um, uh, little violent. Know, a little is an understatement. They really went in for the, the the blood and gore in there. But that'll do it for us today. Shoot us a comment. What do you guys think? You know, we'll drop the episode mm-hmm. later today on Twitter. Let us know what you guys thought. Did you enjoy it? Where do you guys have it ranked? Uh, We will be back on Thursday for probably a short episode, maybe only be 30, 40 minutes as we're going to get ready. We're going to go live a little bit before the draft, uh, leading into, again, our live coverage there. You'll be able to find Matt on our show and Ricky. He'll be at uh, probably Uh, at Debbie Delight is running a live. Okay, so at Debbie Delight. Uh, and he'll be doing a bunch of stuff. Ricky Stoops, I know they've got a bunch of guests coming on too. They do a great job with all the college stuff. So they'll have great information for you there as well. Uh, but we'll be live for that Thursday. We'll do probably dra- draft prop stuff before that, and then we'll cut off, and then we'll go live as well here. So everybody enjoy the next couple days of likely a, sh- a ton of nonsense as that's just going to continue before we lead. By up the time we come back, uh, we'll be pretty sure that the uh, 49ers traded up to take Quiddy pay at number three. Wouldn't be surprised. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there. You got your pop on there. I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?